0: Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. This week, folks, we're going to be talking about the Arab-Israel conflict. Why is it that there's no peace in Israel, in the Middle East? Why is there a constant upheaval? over there and things just keep getting darker and darker through the years and uh, for many many years America has been a great supporter of Israel but 12 years ago we elected Obama and for the first time in America's history we had a president that was anti-Israel and again we've re-elected another president who's going to take that same path unlike Obama we still had a great deal of support in Congress for Israel, but that is now gone, especially now on the Democrat side. Many Democrats are becoming more and more vocal. In the past, they were still supportive of Israel. And uh, we're going to see a huge, huge change in foreign policy in the Middle East. And so it's going to be helpful and needful for us to understand why things are happening the way that they're happening. Bible prophecy has told us these things will come to pass. And you and I now live in a very interesting day because Israel has now been returned as a nation. This was prophesied for almost 2,000 years, the dysphoria of the Jews and Israel being lost. We were told that they would return, and they started doing it in the late 1800s. And as Jews started coming back, yet Israel was not yet formed, we saw a matching of this by, uh, by Arabs. They began to see Jews return back to the Promised Land, and Arabs started countering it and started sending in more and more Arabs. In fact, the most famous Palestinian that you probably know of today, well, he's dead, but Yasser Arafat, right? You know, the leader of the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. Uh, he wasn't even born in Palestine. He's Egyptian. And this is very common of many Arabs that live in the area that is called Palestine. And we'll talk later in the week about what I call the Palestinian myth. It was an invention by the British government uh, during, after World War One. we had the League of Nations formed. It was given to them the job to resettle governments and divide up the land and restore power to the Middle East. And they came up with this idea of calling these Palestinians in Israel, calling them not Arabs, but Palestinians, trying to create a two-state solution, which I've said for years is a false notion. It will never happen, not because of the Jews, but because of Israel. But uh, as Jews started coming back in the 1800s into the land, Arabs started countering it in 1882, there were only quarter of a million, 250,000 Arabs in that region. By 1948, when Israel did establish itself as a nation, there were 1.4 million Arabs. And so they really were rushing into that area, which had become a barren land, a wilderness. In 1867, Mark Twain made a trip over there to the Promised Land, and he described it as... Uh, treeless, barren, a wilderness. He said, if this is the promised land, I hope it's not promised to me. (laughs) And it wasn't much to be desired. Now since Israel's returned itself as a nation, we've had the rose of the desert um, bloom, and it's beautiful over there. And it's amazing how much crops they have in that desert. God has certainly blessed them. But uh, I want to spend today kind of talking about How did this division begin? Where is it all rooted? And basically, it's a family family feud. It's worse than um, than anything we could ever imagine in fiction. It goes back to Abraham and his two children, Ishmael and Isaac. Of course, Isaac was the promised son. He was the one that uh, God promised to Abraham that he and his wife Sarah would bear a child, and he would be a father of a great nation. Like most of us, he began to fail and doubt God, and thought God needed a helping hand to perform his will. And so Sarah suggested the idea that they follow some of the traditions of the world, and for Abraham to take a second wife to take Hagar, who was Sarah's handmaid and to have a child make you know make her his wife and have a child and thus she would kind of be a surrogate. And that's found in in Genesis chapter 16 verse 4. I wrote in the margin of my Bible, the second most destructive act in the Bible is when Sarah suggests to Abraham that she takes, a second wife, have a child, this event creates a domino, a domino effect that has created wars and wars and wars in the region and still exist today. Now, the first most destructive decision ever made in the Bible was found in Genesis chapter 3, where another husband is listening to the advice of his wife. Now, I don't know if there's a message here, where uh, husbands are listening to the advice of their women and such a disaster occurs as a result of that. I find, uh, honestly, in fact, I was just talking about it uh, earlier today, how I'm far better served listening to the advice of my wife and, and her wisdom. And, um, there. But nevertheless, these, uh, these two men listen to their wives. And what was the first one in Genesis chapter 3? Adam listening to Eve, you know, take eat, you know, it's, it's good and uh, thus the fall of man, and, and, and so on there. So we had two disastrous situations here. Abraham takes Hagar to be his wife, and they have a child, and Ishmael is born. You uh, see that there's conflict that immediately comes into the home as a result of it. Jealousy uh, springs up between the women. Uh, one is still barren, Sarah, and one is able to provide an heir for Abraham. And so thus, you know, a problem occurs. Hagar takes her son because of this conflict that is now there with with Sarah, and they leave. And we find later on that they return. And we get a description description of the man of of this man Ishmael. And it's very important because you see this nature that was in the man Ishmael, the father of this of this uh, nation that is about to be born. Uh, And by the way, this is where the Arabs come from, the Arabs. And listen what's said in verse 11. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thine, thine affliction, and he will be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, And every man's hand shall be against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren. Now, that word presence, uh, we lose kind of the understanding of what that really means. The Hebrew word is poineum. In other words, he's going to dwell in their face. Have you ever heard that expression, you're in my face? It's an antagonism. It's an intimidation. This is exactly what was going on. Well, who was the brethren? Well, later on, you're going to find that his half-brother, Isaac, is going to be born to Sarah, while they're really up in age, and years. So God does perform his miracle and, and performs his promise and gives Abraham and Sarah a son, Isaac. And so he's going to dwell in the presence of them and that brethren, so the children of Isaac and the children of Ishmael there's going to be a constant antagonism in fact we're told later in the book of Genesis that um, what was it uh, chapter 21 or so that um, that Ishmael sorry yeah Ishmael lived and died in the face of his brethren it's chapter 25 verse 18 that he lived and died in the face of his brethren. So his whole life was spent as an antagonism between the Arabs and the Jews. And this continues still today. And so this is the root of this division. Now, I want to haste in on to another passage in chapter 21. And in chapter 21, we see something happens. It's, it's found in verse number 9. And, and Sarah saw this. She witnessed this, and when she, what she saw happen, she then demands of her husband, of, of Abraham, to throw out Hagar and her son, and they get banished. And uh, what was it that, he, that, that she saw? In verse number nine, and Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, um, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking The word mocking is used there. And the actual um, Hebrew word is tishak, tishak. It's found six times in the Bible. Five of the times it has a sexual orientation to it. Now, what does that exactly mean? I don't know, but he did something that was so egregious that caused Sarah to say, get him out of here. Ishmael is a young teenager by now, about the age of 13, 14 years of age, and Isaac has just been weaned. And so this event also creates such a division. Now, as as Ishmael is thrown out, they're in the wilderness, in fact, Hagar thinks they're about to die. They're in the wilderness and she hides her son under a bush and she goes away just expecting the death. And an angel comes and visits and and saves them and ministers to them and provides water, finds the water from the Zamzam well, which is a part of uh, Islamic tradition. And, And so we see that God still provided for them and spared them. By the way, Ishmael and Isaac... There are two of four or five people in the whole Bible that get, are given their name from heaven. What an honor that their name is picked out from heaven. I've got a uh, a new grandson about to come into this world, and finally they've settled on a name after going through thousands and thousands of names, and picking out a name is a very difficult task. And, and so, but uh, these uh, young men... Uh, or parents of these young men didn't have to go through that task because their name was announced from heaven. And so this division, this family feud between these people has created a great deal of strife and struggle. And the big issue is who are the rightful owners of the land? Now, naturally, the firstborn child is the rightful heir of the blessing, right? And so common sense, um, intuition would tell us that Ishmael, because he's the firstborn, should be the rightful owner of the land, of the promised land. And this is a position that Arabs and and Muslims would take. But then again, we've got something in the Bible that tells us differently, that the blessing that the... Um, that the uh, promise of that land was going to go to the seed of Isaac. So tomorrow, we'll talk about the title deeds of the Bible, of the promised land, who are the rightful owners, and why still the Arabs have a problem with it. So join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.